0: You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, happy Monday and welcome to one of your favorite FSU podcasts, Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and sitting right next to me, virtually, because we're roughly a thousand miles apart i've got drake drizzy how we doing buddy how's your weekend
0: we're doing good man we're doing good over here man just getting ready for the big move started all the packing Started, you know getting all the moving stuff situated i'm perfectly happy i'm good and psyched to be you know be headed back to the homeland how you doing my guy
1: dude i'm good man it is it is honestly like not to be hyperbolic but i was thinking about this i was like today is one of those days where if i just stroke out And like, boom, that's it done. You know, it's cool. It's like, I had a really, really great weekend. I was down in Sarasota. We spent like all day yesterday on the boat. We went, um, we went to this little island and we hiked. I taught Charlotte how to fish.
0: Oh, I saw the, I saw the Insta for that. She's looking hella cute out there with that. We get there. So we pull up. Uh, For those of you
1: that maybe don't listen every day, Charlotte's my daughter. She's, she'll be four in August. She, she is a water addict. Like she loves the water. I was never like that, but, but she is. So she wants to go fishing. So we get the poles, we get the tackle, you know, we go out to, you know, kind of this, we're in the, in the bay off of uh, siesta key. I, I forget what that bay is called. There's some, go to a spot with some mangroves, you know, I cast out and I show her, I'm explaining it. I reel it a little. She goes, okay, now we go fishing. I'm like, baby go to the, can you go to the cooler and, and, and grab me a beer? She goes okay. She grabs the beer, she comes back and I crack it open. She goes, now we go fishing. And I just looked at her. I was like, maybe this this is fishing. This is this is kind of it. We just throw the pole in the
0: water and dad drinks a beer. I mean, we're we've done it. So oh God, that reminds me of that Dexter's laboratory episode where they try to they race <laughs> it every single morning to beat the other family at like six in the morning. And it's like now we're fishing, just like nothing's happening. <laughs> exactly.
1: Perfect perfect analogy um so we did that so fishing lasted about nine minutes and then we went to this little beach and charlotte was like she was awesome so we got some burgers went to the beach we ran around on the beach there was this other couple there with a kid about her age and you know now it's like like charlotte was uh you know she was one she was a little past two when covid started so not really interacting with other kids so now that she's close to four i'm gonna have to like Relearn how to interact with other parents because now you can like be near each other again. So it's a whole thing. It was a fantastic weekend. They went back on the boat today. I did a bunch of homework at home, and uh, she passed out by six forty-five. So phenomenal weekend, great day. But I think it was made a little bit better by the fact that knowing tomorrow, our ladies in white, garnet, and gold are going to be playing for another soccer national championship. Uh, they went out there. They took care of business in extra. What do you call it? PKs, penalty kicks.
0: Yeah, it's extra time. And they go to PKs and they beat out, was it uh, not Virginia? Virginia 3 0. And that was, I mean, that's huge. PKs. Like, I, I'm not a big fan of PKs. It's kind of like, you know, anticlimactic to go from when you play 120 minutes of like hardcore soccer. I Me mean, being a big soccer fan, and you go down to penalty kicks, but it was really, it showed the real grind of the metal of the Lays. You know, go out there and get the W. And now you said it. They're going for another, tra- another shot of the title.
1: I agree with that and not to, you know, insult anyone that does like penalty kicks. You're entitled to your opinion, but I do feel like the actual art of kicking the ball into the goal is like 5% of being a good soccer team. So, you know, it's almost like you win by doing something that the game isn't really that much about, right? Like soccer is more about positioning, getting like I don't know. You, I, I'm not going to say the right word. And then someone's going to jump down my throat, but you get my point. Like soccer is about a lot more than can you score on a goalie in a one-on-one scenario. So I don't know, but we won. don't care. We'll be playing Santa Clara tonight, Monday night at 5 30 PM Eastern. And y'all can find it on ESPN 2 or watch ESPN. Uh, if you want to stream it, Santa Clara is actually uh, again, they're from Santa Clara, California. They're actually an 11 seed. They had to upset the number two seed UNC three to one to get to this championship game, but more exciting. They also beat Clemson in the quarterfinals. So suck it Clemson, which kind of brings me to my next Well, I don't know if it brings me to my next topic. Drake, do you want to talk, um, the little smidge of football news we have, or do you want to talk baseball first and then throw that? Uh,
0: in let's do baseball first, but let me, before we, you know, go off on the uh, soccer team, I just want to, you know, quickly say, you know, with the PK thing, the real reason we won, honestly, was Christina Roken. She actually did block two shots. So actually that's the sign of a really good goaltender, really good team at PK. So like that's, she's the main reason why we did win that game. And also I think it's just a testament to the program that Mark and the uh, head coach has built over the past. I want to say, 14 to 16 years. Um, he has international players from Mami Yamaguchi back in 08. Dana Castellanos, who's the uh, captain for my events while well, on the women's national team. And we have currently four international players with like Gabby Carl for Canada, Jalen Howe for the U.S. here, Jody Brown for Jamaica, and Heather Pine. Uh, sorry, Heather Payne for Ireland. It just goes to show that we're a very deep team, very deep roster, and these ladies, you know, tune in because they deserve for to be, have be just on the national television right now and just hopefully we just got to support them. Yeah, man. Check it out. Look, They really are. I mean, they they are running a
1: period of dominance right now that is incredible. This team, since the coach came in, they've gone to the College Cup 11 times. They've gotten to the finals five times. They've got two runner-up finishes in 07 and 13, champions in 14 and 18, and we're hoping they become champions in 21 to make that 11 appearances, 5 finals appearances with 3 wins. So, good luck ladies. I'll have it on ESPN2. Cannot wait to watch y'all do that. And if you guys are watching the game, which again, you should be. Look, support your team, support your ladies. It's soccer's soccer's like look, I know we're all Americans here, but it's an exciting sport for a Monday. There's no football on, so come on. So check it out and if you want to make the game a little more interesting, well, do what's now legal in all 50 states and Grab, a, grab your smartphone, grab your computer, grab your kids' iPads if nothing else is charged and you just, you know, I don't know. And uh, go to betonline.ag. The game starts at 5.30, so make sure you log on like 5, 5.15 to give yourself time to make your account. And when you make your account, use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. So if you put like 200 bucks in to throw on our ladies. They'll give you a hundred dollars extra. You now throw three hundred on it. When we win, you're three hundred dollars richer, and you're gonna have be like, "Hey, Max is a great guy. He just made me three hundred bucks." Uh, and then just DM me on Twitter. I'll give you the details, and you know we can go splitsies on it. So, betonline.ag promo code locked on.
0: Some would say it's the real football. So,
1: man, let's let's talk baseball. You know. I, I think my tone has shifted heavily on this baseball team. And I imagine our listeners, y'all probably have noticed. I, I'll admit, I was super down on these guys. I was not happy about the meat hire at one point. And, I mean, Drake, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'd say rightfully so. There was a moment where it looked like the season was not going to go well.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, I did give the caveat that it was <clears throat> at the beginning of the season. But, I mean, you're, you were right. We didn't look particularly well. Uh, and meet, he was hired because he was the, uh, hitting coach to begin with. And our, our bats were not producing. And that's something that's kind of like changed a little bit over the past two or three weeks. Our bats have somewhat come alive, but no, I think that your criticism at the beginning of the year actually was justified. So I think that, and for most of our listeners they actually agree with you and even I agree with you as well.
1: No, I, I appreciate that. And obviously look, I'm not one of those people that when I'm hosting a podcast or talking about sports, if I'm critical, I don't want to be right. Like I I love nothing more than when I'm critical of a team that I'll throw this out and let's not dwell on it. I was the biggest Jimbo Fisher hater after 2011. I was like, how did you take that team that like, you know, took Oklahoma down to the wire with a backup quarterback playing, you know what a third of the game or maybe eh, less than a third, but whatever, like maybe a fifth of the game and you go out there and you lose four games, that's unacceptable. UNC 2012. I was like, that's why Jimbo will never win a national championship. Sure enough, he won one, proved me wrong. And I'm happy when that happens. This team's kind of doing the same. I mean, they're, they're proving me wrong. They're not stranding a ton of guys on base anymore, are pitching, which I was never really critical of, but I did say it needed work has been lights out the past couple series. And you know, I don't know. So, uh, Drake, do you mind if we do a little deep dive into some numbers here to give our viewers what we're looking at?
0: Uh, no, please go right ahead. But no, I think you're right about that. Because the thing is, like, my concern was never the pitching. Like I said before, we have four of the top, you know, 150 players at the pitching position. My, my, my main concern was, will the bats actually catch up with the pitching? And so far, I, it seems to be the case that now they're kind of meeting in the middle, which is like, as a solid baseline team, is what you want. My only concern, I guess, moving forward now is our bullpen is particularly weak. So if we are in a closer game, that might give me a little bit of, of a concern. But for right now, I'm actually very optimistic on this team.
1: Yeah, the reality is we need Parker Messick to be able to throw deep into games against good teams. We need him to throw deep. But we have, I mean, we have seen like a, an ability to pitch by committee. I mean, against Notre Dame, I think that second game we won in the doubleheader, we had like three pitchers in the last four innings. So we've we've seen that they can cobble it together and before i go into these numbers though i do want to give um one more shout out to mike martin jr because i don't think it's fair to rip him apart when i'm mad at the team and not praise him when i'm happy with them i i forget the number i saw it heard it somewhere we've had like 20 something kids play in a game this year so he's not dealing with like a great nine guys in his line or eight guys and pitching in his lineup like Mm -hmm. he really has had to make a lot of decisions with the lineup every night that have proven to be good decisions. So a not, I, I, not a lot of managers can do that. A lot of managers have maybe 12 guys that they know are their 12 and they kind of rotate them every now and then, but you know, so props to him for working with such a uh, breadth of people on his roster and making it work.
0: I mean, that's where your manager kind of like gets his mail. That's where he basically earned his paycheck. You see in the pros right now, the best of the best was, A.J. Hinch before, you know, the Astros scandal was very good, you know, plugging and playing players at particular times when he actually needed them. Alex Corr with the Red Sox right now, that's why they actually are first in the AL East. Like, to me, a manager is proven specifically from, like, if a guy is slumping, he's not afraid to take him out. Or if he thinks a guy has it that night, he will leave him in there a little longer or, like, he goes with his gut. So that right there, like, you're right. Mike Martin actually has done a very good job with that. And in my personal opinion, he's shown a little more gusto with his moves than his dad did before.
1: I totally agree. I mean it's baseball. The best hitter in the league only hits the ball like four out of 10 times, not even four out of
0: 10. It's like three.
1: So, (laughs) so you got to think, right. There's a lot of times it's, it's a gutsy decision to say, Hey, we're going to play this guy over this guy, knowing he's only going to get three or four at bats. And like, you're just hoping that they are three or four of his good ones and not three or four of his bad ones. So props to him. But I want to, I want to read these numbers to folks at home who, maybe look at our record and think, oh, like, you know, this team is nothing great. I'm not saying they're great, but follow me. This team's 27 and 19 and counselor, if it pleases the court, the argument I would like to advance is that this team is better than their record. 27 and 19. I, I think they're better than the record. And here's my evidence I'd like to present exhibit one is their series record. You play three game series quite a bit, And they are 10 and three in three game series. Uh, They just, they would be 11 and three, I think, if they gotten to play game one against FGCU, but it got rained out and they didn't replay it. So 10 and three in three game series. One of those series wins being against uh, Notre Dame, who is a very, very good baseball team. One of their non series wins was against Florida at Florida. They've gone one and one against that team. And they just finished off a great series against Clemson uh, going t- the the total score. of The three games was 22 to 18 with uh, us beating them eight to three, them winning nine to five, us beating them nine to six exhibit two. I'd like to to bring in the fact that this team, while 27 and 19, they're six and two against teams in the top 25 for RPI. And they are 13 and nine against teams in the top 50. So look, they're what we knew they could be. They can beat anyone. They could also kind of lose to anyone. But I think this team is better than twenty-seven and nineteen would indicate.
0: I could I, I could agree with that specifically. I like that thirteen and nine kind of number against the top fifty. That's a winning percentage of about what six from math I had like a six fifteen, maybe six forty five, and that to me is great. And top fifty and RPF for those that don't know, I think Max told me before the show is around two hundred teams. So if you're beating, you know, sixty-three like, percent. 63 percent, oh sweet! My math actually was pretty good on that one. But if you're beating, you know, the t- if you have a winning record against teams in the, in the top quarter of the entire like country, then that's that's all you can ask for. And then the Clemson series, I think, showed that one of my concerns was can the team, you know, continue to hit if the pitching doesn't be stellar. We we do have Parker Messick who had I think like eleven strikeouts today against Clemson, but typically but we we still gave up what five runs, and we actually I think we were down I think five to three or five to two at one point. And we actually came back and won the game. And to me, that's the sort of mentality you need to go into for a C play for the conference uh, title. And then for College world series as a whole, you need to be able to come back. And if your picture doesn't show out, you need to respond uh, outright.
1: Yeah, dude, those are great points. I, I want to emphasize, I appreciate the, the uh, approval of the motion, uh, motion carries, or I guess that's, what are you guys saying? Like lawyer terms, if your motion, it just gets approved. You yeah, it gets, the motion. it gets granted. Uh, granted. I like that word. Motion's granted that this team is better than 2917. And I'm not trying to correct you. I just have two monitors so I can type while you speak. Um, I was actually wrong when I told you 200 teams. They just classify it as like 200 plus what your record is there. There's actually 293 teams scored by the RPI, which means we have a 63% winning percentage against the best 17% of the teams in the country. Oh, even better. Yeah, so it, it actually just – it that's why I didn't mind correcting – not correcting, but like adding because it underscores your point. If you can win six out of ten games against the best 17% in the country, anything could happen. Look, this is not a team that's going to walk into Omaha like it's nothing and just glide through a super regional or glide through even a regional. But I, I genuinely believe it's a team that could make it to Omaha. If they play the way they have in some of these series, mm-hmm. they can do it. But – you know, like I said, they could lose in the regional. I mean, we hey, I don't know.
0: As long as they grind, because there are to be some tough tests when we do make it. If we do make it that far, Vanderbilt is probably the scariest team out there to watch right now, with allies on Jack Ladder, who I think for 33 innings did not allow a single run or a single hit, which is absolutely absurd. And they supplemented with Kumar Rocker. There's a lot of good teams out there, but right now, I think we're seeing this team is finding ways to win, and that's the most important thing, especially in a sport like baseball where anyone can win at any time. Trust me. I'm a Marlins fan. We beat the Yankees in 0-3. The Yankees team that had Derek Jeter, Alvon Soriano, Kareem Garcia, Jason Giambi, like any team can win. And right oh, now – was that game five of that series? I actually went to every single one of those games. Really? No, we were at the same stadium. We, yeah. yeah oh, I'm like, mean, like oh, 12 in that, heck, uh, nine? Uh, who, uh, Let's you,
1: not right, let's not do this.
0: I was 10, uh, but no, I mean, yeah, like that's – probably 10. <laughs> I will do it another time, but no, I mean, like as long as you find ways to win, that's going to separate us and actually push us forward. And that, to me, right now, you're seeing that with the Notre Dame series. He started with Clemson, and hopefully they're able to carry that momentum, that mentality into the um, AC t- uh, ACC conference play. Before we do the built Bar, do you want to give the uh, the shout-out to uh, one of the recruits this past week, if that's okay?
1: Absolutely, dude. Hit it.
0: All right, perfect. So for those of you who don't know, we do have a catcher commit. He's number one in our class, number 15 in the state of Florida. His name is Santiago Ordonez. He plays from Arkansas in Douglas High School. He was a, he hit a walk-off home run to send his, send his high school to the state finals for the first time in about five years. And the reason I bring this up personally is that I grew up with, you know, near that family. His uh, older brother played baseball with me for a few years, Miguel. And I know they're listening right now. Santiago has been a diehard FSU fan. I remember him when he was five years old, he'd be at every practice, you know, with me and his brother. And his family was there as well. And I'm very excited to see Santiago. Santi, uh, for those of you who probably will get to know him, because he's definitely, he's going to be a stud. Uh, he's a hard worker. And he gets that from both his dad, Andres, Mito Cayo, and Ginesca, Ginger. So I just want to give him a shout out. Santi, we're proud of you. Keep it going. And win states, baby.
1: I love how you said to send them to states for the first time in five years. I thought you were gonna say like a long time. Oh, <laughs> no, nah, nah. like shows you how dominant that baseball program is. But no, man, of course, dude. Santi, Santi, have not gotten to meet you yet, buddy. But I hope once you're at FSU, we get to have you on the program. We'll get to cover more games next year because uh, we won't have COVID restrictions. So, congratulations, man. Uh, good luck in states. And you know, anybody that wears the garnet and gold is uh, is cool with me. So, can't wait to meet you. But yeah, guys, it's all about having the right stuff. And if you're hitting the gym, you're absolutely crushing it, you know, you're you're just benching away, doing all the deadlifts, and you just can't can't quite get that look you're going for in time for summer, it might be your nutrition. And if your nutrition's lacking, you need to supplement it. And a great way to supplement it is instead of snacking on sweets or chips or like whatever you grab, is to, you know, substitute that with something healthy. So that's why y'all should be eating Built Bars. They're, they're basically candy bars, but they've only got five grams of sugar. They've only got five carbs and they have 17 grams of protein. So you get the same great taste that you get in those unhealthy snacks, but with the added benefit of it actually being good for you. So grab a Built Bar now by going to builtbar.com. use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Get 15% off your order. Thank me later. So I had a, a cool conversation uh, over email last week and Drake, I know you don't care about this one. So just feel free to zone out for two minutes, but the men's golf team is headed into regionals this week and they led by John Pack, obviously, and they'll be playing it at the newly renovated uh, Seminole golf course. If you remember the old Don Veller Seminole golf course from your days at FSU, it's a totally different animal and the same beast. So it's, it's got some of the things you remember and it's everything else is different. I, I got to speak with the, the manager, the general manager out there, Jackson Hardy. And I asked him if, you know, he, he didn't have time to sit down with us for a full interview. Obviously he's busy, but I, I asked him to give us an idea of some of the changes they're making. So these guys are, are going to be playing on really tough greens. Uh, the greens there are usually fast, but he, he's confident they're going to get it up to a 12 on the stint meter. Uh, Drake, what that means is there's a stint meter. It's a, this is like how sciencey golf is. It's basically like an inclined plane that you roll a golf ball down onto the green. So the, the plane's touching the ground. It rolls down, the, down this ramp, hits the ground, keeps rolling, and you measure how far it rolled. The further it rolled, the faster the green is. So, you know, if it's a six, that means, you know, a ball only rolled six feet. So if you hit it softer, if you hit it at the same, like, What am I trying to say? Apply the same force with your putter on a 12 and a six. It'll go 12 feet on one, six feet on the other. It's very, very hard to play on that green. My guy, we're talking sports right now. We're talking physics. We're talking a little bit of both. Actually, fun fact, I got an A in physics in high school. Shout out, Mr. Carpenter. You're the man.
0: I mean, same here, but damn, bro. <laughs> I love physics.
1: But uh, anyway, so yeah, so they're actually going to they're gonna play it at 7,550 yards, which is like super long. And if you all know, oh, and the, and the roughs are growing out. But the one question I asked him is, will we see guys going for it in one on the second hole? If any of our listeners went to Florida State and have played Seminole, number two is set up still kind of the same way it's perpendicular to one there's a hard dog leg right and there's like a bunch of fescue that you don't want to end up in like off the dog leg but they can reach that green in one um, and basically his response was you know they possibly could but they often don't try the subtext of how he phrased it was basically like yeah with these greens they're not going to try that. But anyway, so that's all the info that my crack journalism skills got us for uh, the foot- the golf tournament. So, yeah, no, good luck, guys. Johnny Pack, go get it, man. Would love to see that guy be a regional champion. Would love to see him, you know, place at nationals. The sky's the limit for him, dude. He's going to have a great career. And uh, by all accounts, he's the nicest guy. So he deserves it. I am so excited to see another FSU great ascend to uh, great heights on the PGA Tour. Good luck, my guy. But let's talk about someone else going professional. Why don't you do it, man? It's your news. You get to break your news. You told me about it first.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say he's, you know, getting become professional. I think he's, you know, reentering the playing field. Like, you know, to steal a line from the great movie, you know, because, uh was it Zoolander? One of your favorite movies right yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoolander. So what is, what's the, how's the line go, Max? So, you know, Hansel
1: walks in. He's like, Hansel, so hot right now. Well, it turns out trying to resurrect your career by
0: becoming a tight end. So hot right now. So the person that probably gave the best memory of calls, you know, as a whole for me and Max, Kelvin Benjamin, as many of you know and are aware, he's reentering the NFL. He recently signed a contract to play tight end for the New York football Giants. And honestly, I love the move for him. Typically, he wasn't the fastest guy. But the one thing that was very definite with him was the sure thing were his hands. And he's also he's a big dude. He's Remember, he's six foot six. I think it was about 245, 250. And he's, I saw you know, footage of him working out with the team, with Kadarius Tony as well. He can still move pretty well, and actually he looks a little thinner, so hopefully he's able to stick with the team, keep his playing weight a little bit down, and I think actually he can bring some noise to that, especially because that's a team that is hurting for weapons. Uh, Saquon Barkley, we don't know what he's going to be after a knee injury. You don't know what you have, Sterling Shepard. Kadarius Tony. I will believe it when I see it. I think with, when the ball is in his hands, he's a dangerous weapon, but he needs to catch the ball first, and his route running is not particularly great, but I'm excited for him. Probably one of the nicest guys I think i ever met. So good luck, Calvin. Yeah, man, good luck. And I think he kind of – the move
1: makes sense. He always had – I don't want to say weight issues. That makes it sound – that sounds like I'm body shaming. But it was well known that, like, he has trouble staying below, like, 240. He just does. I mean, hey, different people have different body types. I get it. And you look at, like, a Kyle Pitts. I mean, they're about the same size now, probably. Kyle Pitts is probably an inch taller. But he's, like, what, 245, 255? In that range, kind of. So maybe there's space for Kelvin Benjamin in the modern tight end position. Don't see why there wouldn't be. And, you know, if there is, uh, best of luck to him. So good luck to everyone. Good luck to Kelvin Benjamin as you try out. Uh, Tim Tebow, I hope it doesn't work out for you. Not good luck. Whatever the opposite of good luck is, that to you. Ladies, 530 tonight against Santa Clara. Go take care of business. Go bring home another trophy to Tallahassee. And Johnny Pack and the boys. Go hit Seminole Golf Course in a way that I am completely incapable of doing. Dominate it. And let's have a regional trophy just move from the little table it sits on into the trophy cabinet that's inside the golf course clubhouse. And with that, that'll do it for locked on Seminoles. So I'm your host, Max, at Max 17 on Twitter. Give me a follow. Give Drake a follow at Tally underscore underscore Drake. Give him a follow. Noel's Anonymous. That's our Twitter for this. And for the podcast itself, wherever you're listening, make sure you like, follow and share it.
0: And also for you guys let's let you know I'm part of the lockdown AC podcast as well. They're actually recovering the Florida State Florida State team as a whole for the 2021 season on Monday with my boy Kenton he's the NC State lockdown host and you can guys listen to me on, on Friday because I will be covering the Clemson Tigers and help see how they'll be doing and how they will win another national championship And if you want to catch the last week's episode, episode last Friday, I said very very awful things about Miami. So please hear, take care, take care, and tune in. Go Knowles.